Namaste, motherfuckers, and welcome to Tantric Conversation, episode number 29, Prabir Meta. I think, uh, I guess I could say I've known Prabir for about 15 years, but I don't really know him, didn't really know him. He and I uh, both used to deliver Punchline back in the day, or maybe I took over his route. I remember him having this uh, Toyota truck or something like that, and loading the papers in the back of it. And then he stopped doing it, and I started doing it, and I was aware of him. I knew he had a band called Murfreesboro, and I assumed he was from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Why else would you name your band that? And I knew he had another band, Rachel Nevada's, and the Probeer and the Substitutes, and I think he was involved in Long Arms too, but it really wasn't until Gold Rush I can remember seeing him. I think uh, the scene that uh, he was doing in, when I was in, we're not meeting or crossing at that time. I was going a lot more vulgar rock and roll punk rock shows and didn't didn't check out much that was actually melodic and had uh, pop sensibilities. And uh, that's definitely something that Probeer's got going on. And I love Gold Rush and talk about them a bunch. I think they're a great band. Very great energy. Um, also, Probeer is doing a science minute thing. I can't recall what it is called, but it is. We talk about it on there. He mentions it, so you don't need to hear me say it. Stay tuned. But it's on WCV in the morning, like <clears throat> I don't know, seven or eight o'clock in the morning, which uh, prompted me to discuss science with him and music and spirituality because uh, I don't know. I'm kind of down with Hindu shit and Prabir's Indian by birth, but that. As it turns out, doesn't mean shit, because he's just an American boy like me. And uh, if he's interested in the Vedic tradition, it's he's coming at it as a Westerner, I guess, in a lot of ways. But uh, it was a cool conversation, and uh, I did at one point, when I was trying to talk about the Hariapa civilization that was in the uh, Indian subcontinent, it was near the Indus River. And for some reason, I said Tigris and Euphrates, which is like, that's where Iraq is. So, yeah, I got that wrong. Another thing I got wrong, disclaimer, not that anybody is paying that much attention, but I was, so I had to say something about it. So, uh, before we get into old Prabir and our lovely conversation, which was a lot of fun, it was really great just to have him come over and not really know him and and just cut loose, and we had, he got got down to it and I didn't realize also his com- well I'm not going to spoil the surprise but he's related to somebody I've already po- sat in the same chair in my house and podcasted last weekend before we get into this I uh, I passed a I passed a milestone um, I uh, gave up drinking and drugs and shit five years ago and uh, the fifth anniversary of the last time I partook of any of that stuff was uh, October 19th, and uh, I'm not going to get into the uh, sketchy territory of anonymity, suffice it to say, you know, I 
you know, there's an organization that everyone's familiar with, at least anecdotally or pop culture wise, and some more so than others, that uh, has a big part in my being able to stay on this path. But um, I don't know, I feel compelled to talk about it for a minute because I wouldn't be doing this podcast and I wouldn't be in Richmond having sitting down and having these conversations with the people that I'm talking to and wouldn't be able to listen to the degree that I can listen if it weren't for this uh, trajectory. And uh, I don't know, there's so much that I would like to say about it and maybe I resist the urge even to sell it to some people I know, but I will say that um, I got turned on to a completely different approach to life that made me realize that my whole life I thought there was only one way to react to everything, whether it's happiness, sadness, frustration, anger, uh, rock and roll. I really thought there was only one thing that really went well with that, all of that, and there was only one relief and only one cure and only one treatment and I'm happy to say now that that is not true there have been a lot of other ways to dig on life and I am glad that I got turned on to the way that I'm digging on life now and uh, it's quite the adventure and I thank everybody who has had a part in it and supported it up to this point to you all I say Namaste. Yeah, it sounds good in my cans. Awesome. Prabir, welcome to uh, my humble abode here, my bedroom. Thank you for do having you, me. Do you feel safe in my bedroom? <laughs> I have to say that the bedroom isn't the part that freaks me out. What? More so, the part that freaks me out is the drive here. That you had to come all the fuck the way to yeah, it's it's not often that I leave Jackson Ward these days. <laughs> so <laughs> when uh when I'm driving down 95 and I see a road that goes on forever and has a bunch of houses, I'm like, this is interesting. Yeah, it's it feels a lot farther from Richmond than it actually is. Yeah, because it's right here. Mm-hmm. You can get to well, you can get to town in what ten minutes? Ten minutes yeah. to anywhere, pretty much. Yeah. Like I've I've had to do it's. I, I moved out here because it's close to where I work and I got a good deal on it. I'm really a city kid and I have a real problem with Henrico's feelings about sidewalks. Yeah. Lights. They don't like yeah. lights out here. Yeah. Not now. There's no, no public transportation. If you want to ride a little, bike, yeah. you're taking your life in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So you live in Jackson Ward, huh? Yeah. How do you like that? Love it. What part do you live in? Um, basically the northernmost part. Like the Jackson, like where uh, where Gilpin Court is, mm-hmm. like in that area. I used to spend a lot of time up there back in the day. You know, just kind of rabble rousing. Yeah, <laughs> something. Well, I don't know what euphemism to use. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a. It, it's not as uh, life. A friend of mine lives right on right in the heart of that area too, like on Brooklyn Park mm-hmm. Boulevard. She says it's pretty chill over there. Yeah, I like it. It's a. Uh, it's a it's a weird little world there. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. The people there are cool, for the most part. You know, there's the occasional guy that has to, you know, say something wh- smart. No, just for whatever reason, has to take a sofa and like 
drop it out the back porch mm-hmm. periodically. You know, you drop it off the second story yeah, porch, something uh-huh. like that. Right. You know, and then it just sits in the back lot for until somebody else, i.e., me, cleans it up. You know? So we're just talking about urban blight. You know, no violence. Yeah, or no, 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 no. Robbery. It's been, yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, it's been all right. I've enjoyed living there. I had my scooter yeah. stolen, but that was it's a drag. It is, man. But you know, I gotta say, I, I wasn't the best father. Yeah, I didn't lock it you up. You didn't lock it up. Uh-uh. But now you can bet every scooter I. In a perfect world, you should be able to leave your scooter wherever the hell you want to, with no lock on it, and and no one will touch it. It's not theirs. It also rains right. nachos in this perfect <laughs> world. <laughs> is that what it would rain? Nachos. Totally. Think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nacho fan. I, so I know that you're not from Richmond, right? Correct. I was born in Ahmedabad, Gujarat, which is in India. Oh, really? Yeah. Not Murfreesboro. No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> what was? So how old were you? How to what age did you live in India? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Do you remember? My, do you go back there at all anymore? You know, I went back um, a year and a half ago. My parents are there right now. I mean, they live here, but they're visiting right now. Um, they'll be back tomorrow, I think, or day after. Um, but yeah, no, I've yeah, I've gone back a few times. Mm-hmm. What back. what part of India is that? Southern or northern? Uh, it's or? Western coastal. Western coastal. Yeah. What is the most? Uh, what do I need to know about that part of India? If you as a as a guy, we have Richmond in common. We are, yeah, sure. We are um, Americans and, and Virginians and Richmonders and ex VCU student. Yep. And local. So what do you think I would like to know about? Mm. That's an, uh, I think one thing that people don't maybe factor in is the intensity of being there um, after having been here for a while. Uh, I'm not saying one place is better or worse or mm-hmm. anything like that. I'm just saying they're totally different places, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, India is crowded. It's very, mm-hmm. you know... It's the world's second largest population, mm-hmm. um, and it it will overtake and become the world's largest population in our lifetime. Um, so it's crowded, you know. So when you go to re- remote, quote unquote, remote places, you're still going to crowded places. You know, yeah. the city that I'm from uh, isn't a, isn't on the map. You know, mm-hmm. you don't uh, in the United States. You have what Chicago, San Fran, L.A., yeah, yeah. Atlanta. You know, you got your big cities, right? right. And all of those big cities are in the, you know, range of what, uh, three million and up, that uh-huh. kind of thing, four million, some, some, you know, something like that. Um, but you know, the city that I'm from, Ahmedabad, is not a huge city, and its population, I think, is nearing six million now. And it's not even on it's the map. Not, no, it's not even. It's know, not even worth mentioning yeah, on the map. Yeah, you know, so it's 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 an interesting. It's counterintuitive. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So when you go there, the first thing that blows the senses you know or rattles them rather is just seeing the sheer number of lives there are mm-hmm. um and then it's it's kind of hard to sometimes adjust to you know different cultural standards or you know different views on poverty different uh, different views on poverty or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but um well yeah that made me think about where where there are so many people is there a sense that people are less important uh, in a bad way, or is it people are less important in a good way, like that sort of a facing of the ego? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's an interesting... I have to say that when I was there, most recently I experienced it kind of in a more uh, 
disheartening way than I have in the past, but that was because I couldn't wrap my brain around a potential solution mm-hmm. to the to the poverty. But at the same time, you know, it's at the same time you get, you know, a couple of things offered to the public automatically like mm-hmm. you're not going to be shivering you're in right. india so okay so we at least don't have to worry about winter time cold right. time kind of stuff you know but even even the stuff that is easier you know there's a lot of vegetation there so you, you know unfortunately there isn't a lot of standards of uh clean mm-hmm. uh sewage that yeah sanitation. You know, the, i mean in the smaller cities and stuff mm-hmm. you know i mean obviously the larger cities are well off and our international right. business hubs good infrastructure yeah i mean you know you go to mumbai you can have a great time um mm-hmm. all the time anytime you want you know but then if you go to some of these smaller cities you know they do shut down at sunset mm-hmm. and then it's really strange because then it's just you and the monkeys mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and, that's, and that's always weird <laughs> like mo- what kind of monkeys are they like macaques or something yeah like yeah that? uh i guess they're pronounced reese's macaques yeah those guys they're pretty cool i'm not a big fan of them they're, <laughs> they're cool to watch on tv yeah they're they're Maybe pretty they're pretty aggr- aggressive in real life i'll tell you what though there was uh, i did run across one other monkey that i really enjoyed quite a bit in india and uh, that was the hanuman langur it's kind uh-huh. of a taller tannish black-bellied tan everything else long tail taller thinner monkey but it was cool, man. It was the chill monkey. Mm-hmm. It would walk. He's not you. grabbing shit out of your no, hands. No, no. He just wants to walk up to you and be like, "Are you seeing the rest of this?" <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> I watched a whole special about the temple macaques. I don't know what temple it was. It looked like something like Angkor Wat, though. But maybe it wasn't. It might have been in India. But uh, they they followed this group of macaques for a really long time, and like you know, the social stuff that was sure. going on with the alpha males and all mm-hmm. that. It was really fascinating. Monkeys are cool. <laughs> I'd say but they, so. they like, you know, they can get just as uh, urbanized as people. That's and behave the problem. The same all right, way, so, right? So, so check this out. I was in, uh, this would be a really short monkey tail here. Uh-huh. Uh, monkey tails are always welcome on tantric conversation. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was in uh, the city of Rishikesh, which is along the Ganges River. And I guess uh, it's, culturally here most well known because the Beatles went there and mm-hmm. it was kind of a big that's where the Mahar- Maharishi Mahar- yeah he was yeah. yeah he was based out of there and his temple is still you know there it's you know it's whatever it's one of the many temples that's there Rishikesh uh, yeah. so he said yeah, yeah okay. exactly yeah so it's right on the banks of the Ganges River right before it opens up into the plains you mm-hmm. know around uh, Delhi and Agra and all that stuff but um, so this is further up north and it's really beautiful it's gorgeous, but there's like a footbridge that goes over the Ganges River, which is mm. already frightening because yeah. it's like a suspension bridge, right? right? It's not like a, you know, it's not like a, it's not, not solid. like a serious like bridge, right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. All, it, it's it ropes looks, and wires yeah, and shit. Yeah, and, and there's, I mean, it, they and did the a, Ganges is frightening, right? It's the, fil- dirty and well, not not at not at that point. Okay, you know, we're still far up, like in the foothills of the Himalayas, so okay. we're not we're not in the uh, more urbanized areas quite yet. Um, but it's interesting because I'm looking down at the Ganges River and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I'm about to walk over the Ganges River mm-hmm. on this tiny little bridge thing, you know, uh, and everyone's doing it. And there's women with things on their heads, like mm-hmm. going across the river or whatever. And then these, this little like 
gang of Reese's macaques jumps on there, and they're like, "You were not." I mean, obviously, they weren't talking, right? Right. But, but their, but body their language, attitude is such. Their that, body right? language was like, "Check it out, Prabir, you're not crossing <laughs> until we get what's in that bag." And uh, oh like, shit! And I'm just like, I don't know what to do here because I can't. It's not like I can turn around. You Isn't got that, mugged by macaques, or, or yeah, retru- no? Yeah. But then they like come towards you and they start like screaming and you know flailing their paws at you, and then so eventually, I think finally somebody behind me threw like a piece of food or something way far down, and then uh, four or five of them ran after that, and then the rest of us kind of kept walking. But it, they are, yeah, no, they've become very urbanized. Well, in it, some wow, places, yeah. That reminds me of the story I heard about these guys that are uh, charging people to look at Banksy's latest stencil uh, somewhere in East New York. Okay. Like, they're so tired of people coming into the neighborhood just to look at graffiti <laughs> art that they, like, covered it up with cardboard. And it, like, cost you $20. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. I mean, you know. This, uh, He's a pretty big deal. Well, yeah, and if you live in some neighborhood, I mean, it, it's bad enough when everybody wants to come to your neighborhood to right. get drunk or whatever, and like right. you got hundreds of people or thousands of people from all over New York that want to just come over and walk around your neighborhood. Right. No, no other interests right. come do there. It might get irritating, but I just like the uh, good old fashioned, you know, capitalist ingenuity. Uh, yeah, the, that, you know, cardboard. turning a book, dollar, turning a buck, cardboard right? and dollar bills. They go, right. they go back a long way. You don't way. need a lot, <laughs> you know. You don't need a lot. Um. So, what is this that you're doing now on NPR, the oh, or yeah. the l- r- local uh, station? What yeah, 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 that's fun. Um, so, there's a piece called "Question Your World," mm-hmm. and it's a it's kind of one of their modular programming pieces. Like, so it already exists. Yes. Question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, uh, let's see. It's similar to kind of like a moment in time, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. Where ev- you know, at every morning, at this time, or at every right. Wednesday or whatever, at this time, it'll be this thing for a minute or so. So that's I. I do. Want Is that to- how long it lasts? About a minute. It's a minute. Yeah. yeah. It's one minute. Um. So it's called Question Your World. It's on at eight forty nine a.m. on uh, our WCVE station during mor- the morning edition broadcast. It's cool. It's a it's a partnership between the Science Museum of Virginia and uh, Science Matters, which is the WCVE Science Initiative. How did you get into that? Though? Yeah. Um, so I've been doing I've been doing contract work with the museum for a while, um, and it was kind of like one of those let's see how this goes. What kind of contract work? Yeah, like media marketing consulting. That is that what your your main day job is yeah yeah mm-hmm. i guess so uh if i had to if i had to say that yeah um but so we were kind of like in this thing where i would say we were dating kind mm-hmm. of to mm-hmm. be like you know is this gonna work is this gonna mm-hmm. work you know and then we both ended up liking it a lot and then the the way to like really you know do that is uh i just you know i formed a small agency mm-hmm. And they became a client, and then soon after, there were a couple of other people being like, "Hey, can you, you know, hey, mm-hmm. can we talk too?" So it was kind of like, "Oh, okay, this is neat." So, um, so that's kind of how I initially got involved in it. But then I really, just really got into it. You know, I really, really dig it quite a bit. It's fascinating stuff. And, yeah. Uh, and the people there at both places are awesome. I mean, there's you know, we're talking about some really creative thinkers, some really fun, weird, wacky people who mm-hmm. understand that, you know, humor kind of is a pretty important thing in mm-hmm. communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great for me because, you know, 
I love fart jokes. <laughs> so, you know, you, I like humor, so that's fine. Um, and so, yeah, it's really fun. And so I, I get to work with all kinds of uh, interesting research scientists. And the the basic idea is that I have one minute to squeeze in, you know, some sort of breaking news in science. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of things happening all the time. Yeah. But we don't get to hear about them because, you know, for example, if you flip on the radio now, it's going to be news out the wazoo right. or the shutdown or whatever. Right. You know? And that's fine. There's Ad a time and place. And, you know, when, sure. when you know, when Russian meteorites happen, that's when all of a sudden science gets back yeah. in the mix, you know. But with the exception of that kind of stuff, with you know, unfortunately, with the exception of disasters. Right. You know. Or something to do with space, which yeah, yeah, and and that's rare. Or dinosaurs, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. <laughs> but th- those things are rare, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's pretty cool to be able to research all these things, and I get a lot of things sent to me, you know, just press releases on, hey, we're working on this project, we're doing this thing, this thing, and then it's mm-hmm. kind of like you filter through all of it, and uh, you get you know heads up from all the various journals that publish new mm-hmm. research and stuff. And uh, then I go meet with someone who's a specialist in it, be it a person that's involved in more of the physics background or mm-hmm. more geology or, you know, biology, whatever. If this is a medical thing, is it an engineering thing? You know, you mm-hmm. find who to talk to. Um, and we chat with them for a second. And then um, the museum has two wonderful, wonderful scientists there. And um, so we all kind of chat and figure out what the angle is on mm-hmm. how do you how do you explain like how do you explain that and you make this interesting to a layman kind of thing well that's the idea or mm-hmm. or you know at least just to look at it in a way that maybe isn't obvious initially mm-hmm. right um and it's great to talk to the scientists about it because they kind of can see what the other scientists are trying to get at uh-huh you know when you know when i'm watching a band play or something just because my brain is kind of Right, a you, mesh of chords, you know. You speak music, yeah, and so mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm watching these bands play, I certainly speak that language right. very well. And they could put it in another context for your greater context. Yeah, and, for you. and it just you know, I'll tell you, I've had some huge revelations in in my own philosophies in life just by doing this thing. We just did our, jeez, uh, I bet this was our. This had to be like our 60th or 65th episode or something mm-hmm. like that that we just. Wow, you've been doing it a while. Yeah, yeah. I just heard about it. Like, yeah, yeah. it just happened to come on one morning. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's been going on for a while. So we just did that. But you know, uh, all of them are weird, fascinating, crazy new things. And really, right now, we're at such a remarkable time in human existence. You know, we have, mm-hmm. um, we have awareness of things that once were mm-hmm. we're very cognizant of what's happening right now mm-hmm. and we're even able to extrapolate where we figure out some probabilities yeah, we can a couple of things right. that are going to happen and we're creating industries of the future right, right now you know uh, the proof of it is well the proof of yeah. it is the people that are listening to this right now right this is all digital yeah <laughs> you know i mean this didn't yeah. exist 15 20 years and ago. this is sped up like it it Idea to inception is a much uh, yeah. shorter it's trip because, like, this would have taken a, a studio yeah. to do, and One, I can do this in some yeah. bullshit now. And 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 <laughs> earlier you were talking about downgrading the equipment even further. Yeah, to you my know, phone. So, yeah. Right. So so you know the yeah the exponential rate of it is fascinating. So we're seeing a lot of different things. So what do you you know you brought up something on 
Facebook the other day that was, will we be able to have access to all of the sort of, you know, information or personalities or people yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. over time. Sure. And I answered that Kurzweil, you yeah. know, says yes. Yeah. And like, I've, have you, you know about yeah, Ray yeah, Kurzweil, course, yeah. obviously, as a musician and yeah. a science fan, yeah. you know. Yeah. So he invents an analog synthesizer, right? Yeah. And But he's the guy that believes that this exponential thing, actually, if you go with the mathematic probabilities, hits a thing he calls the singularity, yeah. where yeah. we merge. 2035, I think. Right. Because yeah. it, 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 the rate at which yeah. this technology speeds up the next innovation yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But it's, right. it's absolutely, you know, it's funny. It's absolutely true. If you think about how long it took to get from, you know, fire to the wheel. Right. You know, it took a long time. Mm-hmm. It didn't take that long, relatively speaking, to go from the letterpress to the smartphone. Right. You know, so. Are you familiar with uh, Terrence McKenna? He was, uh, before 2012 happened, uh, he theorized, like, he had a whole thing called novelty theory, which has to do with that very thing, mm-hmm. like the speeding up of innovation. Um, and he came up with an algorithm based on the I Ching. Actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, cool. and he laid this algorithm's, you know, sort of, comp, you know, I don't know, results, you know, as a graph out and oh. then juxtaposed them with these um, innovations in technology, you know, like how long did we just have stone tools and then right. metal tools right. and then, and the, and the, incre- the increasing in the rate of novelty, which is that new technology sure. and a major, yeah. you know, as that it increases, it necessarily comes to this sort of zero point, just like Kurzweil is talking yeah. about, but he called it time wave zero or time something. Zero. And he thought it would, and he's, the way it lined up for him was right at 2012, 2012. which of course we're still rolling. Nothing yeah. really Nothing, happened nothing's there. Nothing's major happened. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of, I think Kurzweil also, I think, uh, weaves in and out of Moore's law, which mm-hmm. is, Say, I think it says that computing technology doubles, I think, something like every two years now, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's more than doubles. It's like, it's, like, it's exponential, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so it yeah. doubles, triples, quadruples. Yeah, yeah. It's the to the, the so many yeah. nth yeah, powers. The further you go. Right. So, so, yeah, so all that stuff's crazy. So, we get all kinds of stuff where every week it's a new type of story. So, it yeah. always keeps me on my toes about like, knowing what's going on out there you know so yeah it's like one week it's the fake hamburger and the other week it's like they discover the water that's x billion years old right and still water you know? and the dinosaur the like the largest dinosaur that had feathers like yeah i just yeah, saw this recently, in china the yeah, other day yeah and it's you know it's crazy to sift through them and say well these are you know it's we have to unfortunately we only have a minute per right. episode you know so and you got to really catch people. It's like the elevator speech. Yeah, you of have things. to. You, yeah, so you know, we just did one on um, this uh, surgeon in China who grew a nose on his patient's forehead. Wow! And is going to replace the patient's busted nose with the one he grew on his own forehead. And wow! It's, you know, how do you how do you get into the science of that? And how do you you know how do you even yeah how do you yeah and right and how minute, do you get that you across? Know, you Though know. that has a real catchy yeah. thing, you know, yeah. grow your new your new nose on your forehead, yeah, like, right. It's the newest thing. <laughs> so something that occurred to me when, what what is your like, you know, going kind of back to India, like I I have an interest in my understanding, which is not exhaustive of the how the Indian tradition is as far as like, uh, I guess Hindu kind of coming into uh, uh, yo um. 
Buddhism mm-hmm. and then on. But I have, you know, I was initially interested in Buddhism mm-hmm. and the story of the Buddha and Siddhartha Gautama. Mm-hmm. But then I more, got more interested in what precedes that and what continues to this day. The Vedas. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and then stuff. before the Vedas, there was like, there were two cultures, you know, the, the yeah. Aryans and yeah. the, the people who lived in Haryapa and it's, it, it, if you have not ever been to India at some point, you I must. Haven't. Yeah, at some yeah. point you must. But just because the history is so ridiculously old, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was walking around, we came across a set of ruins, you know. And here, when you come across ruins, you're right. talking about what? A power like, station on Bell Island. Something like that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's 150 years old. Yeah, that's yeah. your that's your ruins, right? right. And so it's funny to walk up to there and be like, hey, how old is this? They're like, this is from the year 1000. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So- yeah, there's a, there's, so there's a civilization there at the Tigris and Euphrates. Is that right? Uh, there had to have been at that point. Yeah. So there was one, I think that's what I'm thinking about because it was concurrent with like Egypt and Mesopotamia, mm-hmm. like at, at 3000 BC. Uh, okay. Or something like I, I, that. I, I don't know too much about this. This is VCU stuff. I originally got turned on to too. Oh, I just yeah. had a really cool history it's, teacher no, it there. Is, it's yeah. fascinating. I mean, the the area is fascinating, and to study the culture there by actually spending a month there was mm-hmm. great for me because I definitely don't claim any cultural heritage, right? To India on a mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, you know, because I more or less grew up here. I was right. a child of the nineties and. So your interest in um, the Vedas and and maybe yoga or yogic thinking or any of that stuff is it would be c- similar to mine. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, it would be a, it would be an afterthought, you know. But yeah. I will say, well, it's not afterthought. <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm pretty into it, but like not. Well, no, as no, no. A, I mean, as know. in as in it wouldn't be like something that I was born. You were not raised. raised like, in. It right. would definitely be something that comes to me after. Does it inform any kind of spirituality or or? mental form of spiritual like yeah. you know a philosophy to you well you know it's interesting there's there are things there in those practices that happen in that culture that i find incredibly amazing and mm-hmm. and beautiful right uh very often in richmond i get bummed out that we don't do something that everybody and their mother in india does which is you know they take time yeah to chill out, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a very laid back culture for right. the, for the most part, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they do put things like yoga and meditation and prayer and ritual as a priority, mm-hmm. right? So, um, not be I'm you know I'm not necessarily the most religious individual, but I do think there is something great about putting the sense of or the sense of calmness as mm-hmm. a priority. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Being focused, I mean, with, you know, they call it mindfulness now to get it out of a necessarily a yeah. uh, religious or right. whatever tradition. It's, a you know, because there are people like John Cabot Zen, I think his name is, that practice it and teach it as a, you know, as a discipline that's got intellectual, um, sure. you know. Absolutely. Makes intellectual sense. It is a, it is a discernible, like sort of quantifiable results yeah. come from doing it. And and it's you know. a, and it's you know it's on in terms of modern medicine, you know, it's low impact. It's right. you know, I mean, it's good. It's good for you. you yeah, know, yeah, we know that. So uh, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, I really do appreciate. I do appreciate that you know in the daytime when you wake up, it's not wake up, get out of here, go to work. <laughs> it's right, not right. That. It's more like you wake up. 
the sun's been, you know, everything starts later. Mm-hmm. The the weekday doesn't start Monday at 8 a.m. necessarily, right. you know. Um, a lot of my relatives have their weekdays start at eh, 10-ish, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's really great to be able to appreciate and enjoy a few hours of sunlight. Yeah. You know, before you get into the race. Well, I do think that, you know, Richmond and Virginia has a tradition of being chill, you know, yeah. at one point. <laughs> and there's still people who are, I mean, they always say about Richmonders that we're a little too chill, you know. Sometimes, the, yeah. The velvet coffin, you know, it's one of the, <laughs> yeah. one of those slacker, I mean, it's, right. I mean, it's, but I don't know, you know, maybe there is a degree of there's alcoholism and, and sloth. Yeah. And, and then maybe there's also like, people figure out that they can live like that yeah. here. You know, you don't yeah. have to be on a doggy dog. Yeah, There's absolutely. not that much competition. There's and not much population. You know, one thing that's crazy is India has the most... Uh, something froze up for a second here. We might have lost something. Uh, I apologize if we had a blip there, but go ahead. And we're back. But yeah, yeah. No, they're, 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 uh, their patterns are just... You know, but I talked to everyone about, you know, is it stressful to drive here? And they're all like, nah. <laughs> Just used to it. Yeah, right? but man, you put way. yeah, you put like one car accident on Laburnum and the entire city goes bonkers. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Or do bridge construction or something right, exactly. like that. So that's what I'm saying though, is that there's time allotted to everything. So, you know, it kind of it's interesting that it helps kind of regulate a sense of mm-hmm. Maybe a little. It's bit more of like of a there's a biorhythm and an appreciation for like things that aren't in like meter and yeah. 90 degree angles yeah and, exactly and grids yeah. and all exactly. of that kind of stuff yeah. and you know they make plans yeah you know? i mean and you, you go forward with plans but right. it's just the generally plans don't involve 8 a.m and my yeah. sense is there's there's a lot of cultures in india like there's mm-hmm. a bunch of mm-hmm. it's an, i mean it's a continent right it's a, <laughs> a subcontinent yeah. right yeah it's uh, of asia yeah. right it's a southern part and there are many many different sort of traditions and cultures yeah, absolutely. there. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's it's remarkable. You know, the 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 one of the one of the big thoughts that I had when I was in India is um I was in Mumbai at this place called Leopold's Cafe, which mm-hmm. is uh it has now become a tradition of mine to go to Leopold's mm-hmm. Cafe if I'm in India. And but is this like a German kind of place? No, you know, no, it's it's an international hub. It's mm-hmm kind of located at where the gateway is in Mumbai. So it's kind of a touristy area anyway, but they've made it into a like into an institute institution, sorry, uh by making it Leopold's Cafe, International Cafe, Leopold's mm-hmm. International Cafe. So you go there and there's beers from all over the world mm-hmm. and there's you know people from all over the world mingling and you know I was sitting at the table with my uncle who is you know very Indian, mm-hmm. you know. And doesn't go to Leopold's International Cafe, and certainly doesn't go to Mumbai if he doesn't have to. Right. Um, so we're just sitting there, and he and I were both looking around, and it's amazing how in that room, everyone from the world—it was everyone was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the first time I've ever had that experience where yeah. I've actually been like, "Oh my God, everyone is here!" Yeah, like, we have a. More or less, a, a really planet. decent sampling. We have more or less a planet <laughs> yeah. accounted for here, mm-hmm. you know. And there's there's great diversity, you know, in parts of Richmond and in New York and Los Angeles. You know, this is sure, of course. But I'm saying this was this was an experience where I took note of how remarkable it was yeah. that everyone was able to get together and chill out and have a scotch. 
Yeah. yeah it was just yeah. it was so nice. Yeah, people people aren't bad getting along with each other. It's the people who are running the countries and then the seriously vested interests financially. Yeah, you know, the I think who I have think to, you know it's all that's always the issue, right? Yeah. It's always you know money can ruin a good time. Man. Yeah, you know it's weird. It is, and well, and yeah, it's power. It's money, power. Yeah. It's, it's hanging on to whatever resources. I mean, it's the mentality of like controlling resources and and not letting like letting go and and uh, sharing and yeah. all of that stuff. Which all the good stuff, yes, <laughs> which we like. So, you, you seem to have a sense of like kind of awe and and wonder about like science and stuff like that. So, it's is it? I mean, or a delight in it? Would you say it's? Um, I th- I think it's the question that can't be answered that mm-hmm. intrigues me yeah. you know and i think that's the thing about science all the time is that it's constantly saying okay well if that's that then what's that this is our best guess for talking about this kind of stuff yeah like i mean that's what interests me about science is that it really is a pursuit of Con- some constant you know, yeah, yeah. It's the constant pursuit constant pursuit yeah. of understanding and and revelation i mean it has a yeah. level of revelation to Absolutely. it you know the guys the guys that i really like to listen to whether you're tyson um, neil degrasse tyson or or uh, bill nye or or carl sagan you know when sure. he was still i mean you can still hear him talk and, and ralph Feynman. these guys talk like vision like they've had visions you know like they are they have a level of prophecy absolutely coming out of them absolutely you know there's some revealed truth that they're yeah. talking about yeah. and they and they have a sort of a you know a level of of you know being turned on like uh people who are you know very into the spiritual side i mean i would right. say it is spiritual the way these you know, guys it, are into this I, shit I, I, you know? I agree i've there's a lot of people that constantly go into that argument of religion versus science you know right. and i'm i i feel that i think both are trying to get at the same thing ultimately mm-hmm. right yeah um, one is just a little bit one is kind of a little bit more geared about how we probably should be kind of conducting business Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other one's kind of like how we could be conducting business, but it's still about. Well, the problem with it, it's spirituality and science, I think, are, are very similar, but organized religion. Right. You know, the way that because that rules, that doesn't man. know what it is sometimes. Rules, is it is it a bunch of rules <laughs> for a, a culture? You know, is it a bunch of rules for people who were traveling through the desert well, or is it a bunch well, of rules yeah, exactly. for some pilgrims that right. came over here? Yeah, there's, there's, is it the law or is it your belief system? Yeah, because like, what is it? No, you're yeah. absolutely right. That's that's one of the big issues is that, you know, the doctrine does not transcend um time i mean it's not timeless you know right well the funny thing is uh that song in my life by the beatles Mm -hmm. is probably more timeless than any scripture yeah i mean it appeal it gets at and that's the thing about music and i would this is that's a great segue to start talking about that but i i'm very you know the Science is use you know is doing their best to sort of get things into a uh, objective plane you know whereas spirituality it's gnostic and you know and that that idea the Greek gnosis is it's something you know you know in a different way than you kano things yeah. you know and you know it in in your bones you know it as a as an instinct as an intuition as something else that is very difficult to put into uh, the objective things of formulas and and maps and all mm. of that stuff. Yet, when those guys do things in that 
way they discover things mm-hmm. you know and and things that you'll never be able to see you actually have to have faith that they exist yeah. because the math demands it right like yeah. the, like the quark or the you black know? hole yeah in yeah, order yeah. to make this equation work <laughs> yeah there's got to be another particle yeah you know and then they start believing that yeah. things are there and then they that, find it yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah, you absolutely. know and then they get a laser and you know, they shoot it you know it's funny i've had i've had such a wonderful time talking with uh, a lot of these people in these radio pieces is about the thing of you know let's put it to the big picture right mm-hmm. and now everything goes default to me for the big picture like when i was driving here for example yeah. some guy cut me off and in my brain i immediately started doing that thing where i was like wow that guy just cut me off he must either be in a rush to get somewhere or he has this other thing or yeah. oh it might be someone that's pregnant that needs to get to the hospital yeah. Or it might be just a jerk. Yeah. Or it might, you know, I started like thinking about all these things. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder how many of those people, like, I wonder how many people are cutting people off right now specifically to get to a hospital. Like, just the number. And then as soon as I did that, I was like, ah, I got to stop. I got to focus on where I'm driving. So that can be this crazy fucking mental trap and a trick, or it's the foundation for compassion sure absolutely, you know yeah because you know being aware sure. being mindful <laughs> of all the possibilities not like that is other and that person right. is just asshole <laughs> right because it's affecting me that way right, right now you right. put it in the bigger context right. that like this is a human that is suffering for some reason right, right. now and he's not doing this at me or or maybe not i i, I keep that in mind too you know any asshole move is suffering on some level yeah you know yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> so yeah so you know i yeah. think about all these big picture things Right, and then uh, we talk about these big picture things. Like, let's say that you were to all of a sudden freeze time, mm-hmm. right, or manipulate time completely, and be able to go back about you know, let's say fifteen thousand years, mm-hmm. right? Cool, and then cool, you get that fifteen thousand years. We kind of have a history of under, well, we know you know we kind of understand the history of what was going on around then um, in terms of. The yeah, animals That's, and mm-hmm. you know whatever, whatnot, and what hu- humans were kind of getting into, yeah. kind of sort of starting to dabble in. We have some pretty good we sketches. Have, yeah, we have we mm-hmm. have a decent you know we have a decent understanding of what we think it could be, right? Uh, but what I love doing nowadays is thinking about the fifteen thousand years ahead, mm-hmm. right? Um, because that's where it gets weird. Yeah, you know, I was then. What sort of thing do you think? Uh, what, what, what do you uh, imagine when you uh, think fifteen thousand years? Ahead? You know, I I had this thought again. Well, I had a lot of thoughts while driving over here. By the way, it's a good <laughs> time is, to yeah. think. Um, right? Yeah, I don't I don't get to drive too often, so it was kind of nice to have the time to yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it. What if I were to be in a car? It, there's two two different situations. Situation one is that is fifteen thousand years in the future on Earth where they've changed everything. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. In theory, the rear our windshields, right? In theory, could be designed to work with things like signs on bridges and stuff, sure. right? So that your your window puts the word of your exit on there mm-hmm. and you program mm-hmm. it in so smart that, glass yeah mm-hmm. so that while you're driving it only lights up the stuff you need to be doing right so you can ignore all the other stuff, right you know and i was thinking about that and i was like man what if what if i were to drive in the streets of you know fifteen thousand years from now i would be lost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I would have no clue. Because they've already is. gotten rid of all the signs. I don't have the right car yeah, for this. I don't even right? know what's going on anymore. You know. So that was one thought. And the other thought was, what if what if we were to find life elsewhere, right? Uh-huh. And we start to interact with it on a communication communicative level that's simply signal based mm-hmm. but then eventually we have to do that thing you know it's kind of like when you're flirting with the girl online mm-hmm. hey mm-hmm. nice picture of nice right. scarf oh thanks it's my it's my roommate so right. cool right. all right eventually you're gonna have to do that thing where you're like so should we meet up at bamboo like, yeah. you know, like yeah. eventually there's gonna have to be that interaction and so i'm thinking what if humanity finally goes to interact with that species and it is only upon that interaction that we learn, truly learn, you know, who we are or, or just things about them that we didn't, you know, because right. if you're just telling stuff, if you're just mm-hmm. sending basic, because right, you're going to control their image just like somebody on yeah, Facebook. Exactly. Does, right? Yeah. Right. So like whatever yes, I'm, I'm blind. <laughs> <and like, laughs> yeah, exactly. Get right? there and the aliens are yeah, busted. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because you're going to want to put your best foot forward. Right? right. Right. So but what if, you know, it would be funny if they thought the same thing of us like you know what if they're way more by the books right and the humans are the ones that are like we are a peaceful people we are mm-hmm. a good clean right. that's happy. what we sent out on the yeah, explorer yeah right? uh, the voyager yeah voyager right so but but it's kind of funny to think that they would be like all right cool let's go hang out that's with the thing guys. i think about a lot is like how if the if i can barely stand and i'm better than i was when i was younger but i had a hard time st- with people who weren't from like Churchill, weren't from the city. Like mm-hmm. I grew up in the city. My parents send me out to Marymount to go to school in the West End, and suddenly I'm in culture shock. And these right. are the same species, right? As me, basically, in all levels, these are other white kids, you right. know. But I grew up culturally so much different from right. them that, like, right. I have a hard time relating. Now, what the fuck am I going to do with somebody who's a silicone-based life? Right, form or exactly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you they're, know? and you know, they're probably thinking the same. They're like, you celebrate the day you were born. Right. Why? <laughs> Why do you do that? You know. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I think the, you're what you're saying about the. The, I think we will con- more likely. I do believe that this thing Kurzweil is talking about probably will manifest in a certain kind of a way that we will get integrated with what we consider right now artificial stuff. Like you're talking about, uh, you know, Mars rovers. We're going to get so integrated with that instrumentation that we can send out. So because we we can't survive the shit that's out there in space, we might you know what we call probes and stuff like that really might be extensions of our sensory organs oh, to a very realistic yeah, degree absolutely. that we can send avatars yeah. you know yeah, it's out crazy. there and we may never interact physically with this biological right. you know shit with other right. species That's but we entirely might entirely possible you know and there, you know cuz who knows there's all kinds of things that would get in the way there so well, so, so here's a here's an interesting thought then um so okay. no sex with green yeah no, mm-hmm. no no <laughs> unless they're hot um, so, in which case, you know, I guess the machine could still have. I mean, you know, these, yeah, these yeah, right. There's a there's there's many opportunities for right. all kinds. We'll of, work that out know, later. <laughs> that's what okay. the, that's what the front lines of science are for. Right yeah. Now. But what if? Okay. So what if uh, instead of this merge being, I it, I would be a little weirded out and freaked out if it were a selective group that got right, to the rich. Yeah, that got to participate in this, and then probably and then, will be. And what you have then is uh, perhaps the beginning of the branch in mm-hmm. evolution, sure, in the human species, perhaps. Yeah, you know, like the Morlocks, and the, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm kind of of the mind, and this is kind of a Star Trek idea, right? Like 
once the way they look at it is like once you get to the point that you develop the technology to create warp travel, then you get contacted and you start to be sort of indoctrinated with the real values of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And you get out of this caste system and you get out of this you know, suddenly you can remove all the problems and make people behave that way. This is the utopian right. theory. Is you get your technology to a point that you don't no longer need to compete for resources. The paradigm shifts, and we're mm. not about that shit anymore. And we really do see ourselves all as one. While still having individuality, we also are much more into the idea of collective sure. victory, collective yeah. accomplishment, or whatever. Absolutely. And it becomes less important that it's your ego achieving it. You know, right. it's being done by the the people that you're the part of. Yeah. You know, I mean, this this could be completely pie in the sky bullshit, or I have an intuition that this is sort of the way the interest that we have and continue to have that is timeless about Eastern thinking is this idea that the individual ego is not important. It's really a problem, right. you know, on a certain level. I mean, it's got to, you won't get out of the bed without it, right. but it's not as we've been led to believe as Americans, the yeah. thing yeah. like my story where I'm the main character, right? It's my, me in the X wing fighter blowing up the death star or, yeah. you know, me traveling. I'm the one person that goes in the bubble in contact that goes to meet the, right. You know, but it's the idea that we all, we yeah. get to the point that we dig that idea. We, that we we're, are, yeah, you know, we are a, uh, rock star loving bunch, right? The yeah. alpha male, we're monkeys like that. Yeah. Still, we, yeah, yeah and we propel it mm-hmm. so well here. So, I mean, even on the micro, you know, levels, mm-hmm. we still do a good the job. The cult of personality. It's crazy, man. You know, but it's, here we are. It's funny. That's one of the first songs I remember really getting into when I moved to the United States. Living uh, Color, the cult yeah. of personality. And I recently heard it at a Target, and yeah. my mind was blown. I was like, what is, you know, yeah. what is this song doing, you know, near the Target dollar bin? Like, what mm-hmm. is going on? But yeah, that's a cool. Time. I wondered, you know, when I was maybe eighteen, I was like, "Can you imagine that one day I will be a seventy-year-old guy who listens to Master of Puppets, right? You know, yeah, or the Bad Brains, or or something like, or, you know, Big Black, you yeah. know, something that was just like fucking serious, like in your face, kind of. So, and what will the kids be listening to then? Uh, yeah, good question. Probably robots. They'll be listening to really banal <laughs> bullshit. Or it won't even be music. How cool anymore. would it be though if it'll be white, this shrieking white noise that melts your yeah? <laughs> it's art, man. <laughs> it's art, dad bot. <laughs> we're, we are we're, we're spiraling towards music, which of course is your other, uh, the other thing, the other way that you it, express it always yourself. spirals that way. Yeah. It seems yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I can't escape it, man. And you did, you did drop the first. You know, you brought up the Beatles, which is. Seems to me someone like I, I associate you somewhat as a Beatles fan. I do. I've like never it. heard you explicitly say that, but I. You're I'll, rig- go, I'll go on. I'll go on record right now and say it. Are you ready? Yeah. <clears throat> the Beatles are my favorite rock band of Absolute, all time. Of all time. I can't. How can you? I mean, they're fucking great. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I love them, but I'm. I'm just. I don't like any one thing. Yeah. No. I, I mean. You know, would, have I listened to the Beatles in the last year? Uh, yeah, a few times. Have I listened to anything else? Yeah, I'm really into grammatic right now. I think that's great. I don't stuff. even know what that is. Uh, it's pretty fun, like dancey, put together like DJ. You know, cool audio ex- sound is experiments sp- kind of stuff. Is it like mashupy kind of stuff, or is it more like compositional? It's. I think. I, I feel like it's more compositional, mm-hmm. but I don't know if a lot of the stuff that he's 
you know, what he's using. Uh-huh. I mean, I've heard all kinds of stuff, you know, uh, I'll, I'll send you some links. I think you'll really get into it. It's yeah. Very groovy stuff. Uh, usually no lyrics, it's just instrumental grooves, basically. Well, what is it about the Beatles? And the Beatles are one of those bands that people can talk about in chunks of meaning. Like it's yeah, like I think well, the Beatles are you know to music what I don't know what uh, Steve Jobs is to Apple. Yeah. I mean, you know, like they created this formula. Yeah, and so as long as you operate within the formula, you can't really question the formula. You can just give props to the formula, right? You know, because right. you're participating in it. Is that a musical formula, or is it a cultural formula? Is it a style formula? Is it a fashion formula? Is it a yeah? What's the? For- I think I think they were just able to stitch enough of the right ingredients together mm-hmm. of all of that. Because it's not just music, you know. And somebody said this. I think the only other band I've ever seen do what the Beatles did on any level was the BC Boys. Yeah. That as I far as that. that they really did something that they f- believed in, they had their vision. Right. It came out with a different record. It was it was yeah. a departure to yeah. some degree from the previous one. They looked different. Yeah. Different oh, clothes, yeah. different haircuts, True. different vibe. Like there was some kind of a narrative. There was a whole they create their own universe. And, yeah. And the Beatles were the first band I think to do that to kind of come with it's we're rubber soul now. We all have bowl cuts. Yeah, and we're cool now. It's a weird kind of a <laughs> yeah. folk damage thing. Yeah, it's and then yeah, it's cool. You know what's one thing that's really neat about um, getting into their music, which I, you know I've been listening to the Beatles since I was what twelve, mm-hmm. thirteen, or whatever. Maybe younger. Maybe younger. You know, but um, I really, 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 really got into the Beatles when I started to learn the songs on guitar. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of, that's when you realize that they're doing way more than, you know, the simple stuff. But, right. But they do it so poetically and so simply mm-hmm. that it doesn't sound fake or dialed in or right. complex or, it just sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, there's just a good thing about Would it. Would you say that, like, as I'm an... Uh, I'm enough of a guitar player to know what the basic building blocks are that go into rock and roll, mm-hmm. and I can accomplish them. Mm-hmm. And those guys weren't reinventing that particular uh, set of information, but it, their personalities. Yeah, I think it's a lot of that. That's you know, it, it, that's the magical spark behind yeah. it. Is that the you, way John Lennon played the guitar? Yeah, exactly. The, the way that Paul McCartney played Harrison. bass and, and George Harrison Oof. played the guitar. And Ringo's awesome. Because somebody, just recently, there was this thing, I, I, I don't know what it was, but they were talking about the opening chord to Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Jang. Yeah. And people have been trying to figure that out forever. Yeah. And, you know, one little anecdote is he says, well, I'm playing D. I don't know what the hell the rest of them are playing. <laughs> and and eventually they did, he was with George Martin or somebody, and he was like, yeah, it's three different chords. Yeah, together. Yeah. So it's three different personalities. And, yeah. like, this is really what. Yeah. makes their shit it's great what it is it's yeah. also just a, there's nothing about that opening chord that sounds bad no you know and when the, and when they do things that sound bad they do it in a way that it sounds fun mm-hmm. you know like um geez i think like uh your blues for example yeah what a cool song but it's like i'm lonely i want to die if yeah. i ain't dead already you know the reason why yeah you know it's it's <laughs> You know what a cool song, but it's nasty. Like it, you know. The yeah, he's saying eagle picks my eye. The dog, right? All that playing Fucking, is just yeah. yeah. It's like you can hear like the pick scrape and just the mm-hmm. you know. But it's great. They they knew when to do that, and then they knew when to do across the universe, mm-hmm. and it's just like or because, because or oh yeah. But yeah, I mean they're. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess they are probably my favorite band of all time as well. But like, right, yeah, yeah. I don't talk. I don't say that. Sure. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, that's, <laughs> and maybe that's why I had to say, okay, I'll go on record and right. say it. You know. But yeah, no. I mean, you know, I'm into a lot of different stuff, but mm-hmm. it always, in terms of songwriting and kind of approaching the aspect of being a rock band, well, it's like if you want to be a rock band or if you want to play in a rock band, then you kind of have to, you, at some degree, you have to kind of be like, all right, well, let's m- make sure we at least get the foundations of this correct, you know? So in your in your bands, and I think, shamefully, the only one I've seen live was Gold Rush, and that's fairly recently yeah and i really liked that a lot i mean it's yeah, a great fun. i love playing with those guys oh man so my question <laughs> i, I want to ask you this really quick is how much are your bands like this all of these personalities expressing themselves or is it your vision and then right. you know well it's it's kind of like um okay like it's kind of like a really great party mm-hmm. you know um Someone's got to decide to throw the party. You're the host. You, you, someone's got to someone's, right. someone's got to throw the party, you right. know. It's but, my house. But but you got to have like <laughs> but you got to have like your crew there that's right. going to make it awesome, right. you know. And without them, there's no reason to have a party. So right. why even have a party? So right. um you know, so yeah, like I I basically write the initial concept of whatever the song is, right? Um and I will sometimes I'll have parts that are kind of like totally ready to go and other times it'll just be like vague like oh you know maybe more like maybe the violin should be playing more like horn part kind mm-hmm. of stuff instead of traditional violin part right. kind of stuff. so we um, have this is this thing is free okay the computer's starting to have a hard time with this i think i may be uh extending it past its uh Lifetime. We might have to switch to the iPhone. Not today, yeah, but yeah. sometime in the near future. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, readers, I mean, listeners, you're going to probably see, have some dead spots here because it keeps freezing. I don't know if it's still recording when it does that or not. I don't know. could be just a graphic thing. But anyway. Who knows? So sometimes yeah, it's but, a... Yeah, but so, you know, we I, like Teresa and I have that conversation about what kind of vibe for the part. And then mm-hmm. it's a lot of just playing until something hits. And then when something hits and everyone's like, yeah, I know that definitely worked or yeah. whatever. So it is a lot of personality. It is a lot of, I mean, they're, you know, every all three of them, Greg, uh, Teresa, and Matt are all totally phenomenally talented mm-hmm. musicians. And I'm definitely easily the worst at my instrument in that group, <laughs> you know, which I love. I always, I did. Did you learn to play a guitar? Like, I assume that they, as as orchestra, as symphony musician types, especially the the violin player and the bass player, uh-huh. they've they've had a formal yeah, education. Yeah, they've had that. a formal and right. Greg and I are um, we're, we're street rats. Right. Yeah. Rock and roll, punk rock yeah. type musicians, right? 7-Eleven, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. But um, but yeah, no, so it's, but it's cool. I think it goes well because it keeps I have a tendency to kind of go into that thing where I'm like, eh, just go with it, man. Like, mm-hmm. whatever, man, you know. And they have a tendency to be like, yeah, we'll go with it, but we want it to we sound We still need good. to know, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. So so there's a good balance between it, I think. Um, so, yeah, no, I totally dig playing with That's that. really, it, it's very interesting to me to watch you guys perform, knowing, I mean, I'm no, I've been to a fair amount of classical music type, for lack of a better word, concerts. Mm-hmm. I played cello in an orchestra when I was mm-hmm. a kid, cool. like nine, ten years old. So I understand, like, how regimented, like, I mean, you're playing notes 
on a page. Somebody is keeping time for you. They're cueing you. Like there's a, you, you know, you're a lot more. The orchestra is a lot more like the extension of the conductor and somebody else's vision Absolutely. and all of this yeah. stuff. And there's a lot. You're following orders, yeah, to some degree. And but yet there is a vi- wide variance in how sure. people express themselves and all that kind of stuff. Whereas rock and roll is very like. You know, kind of like, hey, don't tell me how to fucking play the guitar. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, and yet to a degree, people try to, you know, James Brown like led his band like a conductor, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But um, it's very interesting to see, at least, especially those two, like, because they get into, they rock the f- fuck out. Yeah, you know, man, that chick totally. playing the. What is her name? I'm Teresa. sorry, I shouldn't call her a chick, but Teresa plays that violin. Like she's Randy Rhodes yeah. or something. I mean, well, she's th- that's what I, that's know. what it is. Teresa's mm-hmm. the lead guitar player in yeah. Goldrush. That's yeah. I mean, that's how it works out. You yeah, know? it's uh that's the fun part about it is that it allows for those two worlds to have a fun, casual intersection. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be. A, what know. do you think makes those different worlds? I mean, I've always theorized that class. You know, Western, you know, formal music coming to America and encountering you know, the vibe that's coming from basically a Stone Age culture that got brought over here from sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. that this very formal thing gets imbued with, you know, chaos and yeah. Dionysian shit. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, it's fucking pretty going cool. nuts. <laughs> yeah. But that leaves out folk music and all of that. But, you know, do you th- you think, th- I mean, it's they're sort of different, like, Western classical music is a very discipline oriented thing well i think there's a couple of things about it i mean it it came you know it came around when certain resources were available yeah and you know you think about it like hip-hop only came around after certain other resources were available right machines or not available or not available (laughs) yeah Right. right yeah if you know what I'm like saying. Like, they can't play instruments. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They can't yeah. afford instruments. Right, but, but this other thing was available. Mm-hmm. You know, a boombox. Which was not the case in the 1800s. Right. You know? So, of course, we didn't see the you know, birth of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the, the cool thing is when you have folks like, uh, well, of course, when you have people like Matt and Teresa who do get that ability to understand that there's a dialogue that belongs kind of uh, comfortably in both worlds, mm-hmm. which is to just be really into it. You know, that's that's where I think the intersection is. Um, you can get just as hyped about, you know, Beethoven 9 as you can about, you know, your yeah. new, new song that you just wrote that you can't wait to try out mm-hmm. at the next show. Um, but it's it's weird how, like, the fusion of those two worlds, it it feels like it's just the back and forth between mm-hmm. like the two extremes yeah. as it always is in anything else. You yeah. Know, you have yeah. one that's like, no, this has to be done exactly like this every single time, mm-hmm. more or less. Not, not, you know, right. Not, you know, the, but you, the rules, the grid, the 90 degree angles. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then you have the other thing where you have like Duke Ellington mm-hmm. and he's like, all right, we're going to have five minutes of me and then someone else do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, he was def. I mean, he might be he a was, bad example cause he was a totally a composer yeah, and yeah, that's all of that, true. but I know what you're uh, saying. Yeah. 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 yeah but, <laughs> uh, I guess the Linus Monk is a better, better example. Mm-hmm, that guy's, mm-hmm. that guy's pretty awesome. You know, um, but well, he allowed. He definitely allowed for chaos in yeah. his compositions, so, and so yeah. you have those two things next to you. I think it's great. I love when that happens together. Yeah. If, if anything, I think one of my favorite things is to see people that aren't 
dressed up go to see the symphony. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, cool. These dudes are really, like, cool. They really want to see this. Yeah, yeah. Because you see a lot of the people that are there with their, you know, duds on or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. Sometimes it feels like... It's like the old court thing. Like, yeah. you know, we show up at the opera because, you know, the yeah, the, the yeah. regent is there yeah, and or, he or, commissioned this piece. Or it's kind of like, you know, you don't really want to... Like, some days you don't want to wear a tie. Yeah, which for me is like most days. But you know, um, you know, you know, you don't want to wear a tie, and it's like, all right, let's go to the symphony. Let's wear a tie. Yeah, you know, cool. Um, which you don't have to do, you know. So right. I, I love, I love seeing the world mix where you have like some random dude in like ripped up jeans walk in. Yeah, and be I, mean, like, I actually hey. went to see uh, Virginia Opera production a week ago mm-hmm. or so. I went to see Falstaff at the uh, oh, cool. at the Carpenter Center. How was that? Well, I, I I thought it was interesting. They updated it to be like an early 20th century thing, mm-hmm. you know, like like people like to do with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I like the story very much. Like it's, the, you know, it's basically this braggart, you know, uh, delusional fat guy who uh, is like trying to uh, seduce a couple of women. Everybody finds out. And then the entire rest of the thing is about humiliating him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, which I, is supposed to be really funny, but it. <laughs> so they, they they contemporized it, or I guess they didn't contemporize. They, they didn't it. contemporize they the story, but they contemporize the way it looked. looked so okay, gotcha. you got people that look like they're going to, you know, like how they used to wear the long fur coats and had the, you know, in like the. I'm thinking like it's prohibition yeah, and past that, sure. like, you know. But I think it's a mixture of stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with how they um, executed it. Well, what I was going to say about that though is that I like to get, I do like to get dressed up because I'm usually in bummy shit and right, like yeah. pretend that this, you know, it's like it's like a costume ball for me to put a tie and a jacket <laughs> on, and like, you know, pretend that whole thing and 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 I what I was kind of interested in is how unpretentious Virginia Opera and that yeah, whole scene cool. at the Carpenter Center no, was. No, and the people who were there, too. Yeah, it it absolutely. seems very fun in Richmond community. Yeah. People, some people were in jeans and, and kind yeah. of whatever gear. But, absolutely. You know, it felt very democratic, Absol- you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, not elitist. Yeah, the, yeah, those, uh, yeah, the Virginia guys are great at uh, having fun. They yeah. made these cool... Uh, Teresa has a T-shirt. I want to say it's a Mahler T-shirt. But they gave the orchestra like Mahler T-shirts for uh-huh. what they did. I think Mahler Eight or something. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, it's pre- they're they, they're pretty fun. My know? dad's a huge Mahler fan too. I think that's what it was. I'll have to find out. So, uh, what were like your other bands? You've done Murfreesboro. Yeah, that so was very in, early on. Yeah, yeah. In if we go in in chronological order, it would be uh, first would be a band called. Uh, Decapolios, but I think later I found out it was actually supposed to be pronounced Decapeos or something. But that's what that was just like me and my brother and mm-hmm. our neighbor, and it was like a bunch of like cardboard boxes. And uh, who's your brother? Uh, my brother's name is Herschel. So he is your brother. Yeah. I just, you know, he was on here. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, I know someone who. Herschel great. sat in that chair right there and, I'm sure. and did a song oh, for did me. He? And, and the person that i am dating now told me that you guys were brothers and and you were like i don't believe it <laughs> i was i shouldn't say that because it's not like i don't believe her but i was hesitant right no you know? no he's cool he's awesome yeah he's a fucking great guy but i never would have uh, you know 
as, you know, put you guys together as brothers yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? we've. Uh, Is that something you try to keep on the DL? You no, think? no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> now it's out. <laughs> if the word got out, we'd be ruined. No, no, it's not. It's no, we're just you know we grew up together. We're mm-hmm. it's just always he's always been my brother. So yeah. there's never been a need to announce it. It's just, I've never seen yeah. you. Well, I mean, it's not like I've seen both of you a lot. Period, but I don't right. think I've ever seen the same room. You're the same guy, aren't you? Yeah, this is your alter <laughs> ego. Yeah, it's, a, it's a missed out fire situation. <laughs> that's a wig you're wearing. Herschel's the woman. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can say that as his brother. Um, no, but yeah, that was yeah. the first band, you and him. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. it was me and Herschel and our neighbor Zach, and it was just a bunch of you know, t- bunch of, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it was like maybe I was ten or something, mm-hmm. and I think we got like a little keyboard to see, and you know, I just loved like playing with it and put together a bunch of things like take silverware and pots and pans mm-hmm. and turn it into a drum set and that kind of thing. Um, just had a good time, man. Just, you know, just stupid, like, you know, kids mm-hmm. doing things, you know, yeah. I, our, our recording studio was my bedroom, which, uh, we used a boom box and we just like pushed record on it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. like, to use like the mic record and play, record <laughs> and play at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so we'd do that and we'd make little skits, Mm-hmm. between the songs and stuff you know ah, yeah. so it was fun i wonder if those tapes exist anywhere right now but uh that was that happened and then um i played in a band called blindside for most of uh i'm sorry yeah yeah blindside for a bunch of i guess high school and then towards the end of high school i started uh playing in a band called murfreesboro at freeman high school and that's kind of where i really started to like so did you grow up in richmond yeah Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. For some reason, I thought you were from, like, Murfreesboro. No, no. What no. is it, Tennessee? Is yeah, that where there's that is? a Murfreesboro. Yeah. Yeah, I've played there a lot, Yeah, you know, and actually, subsequently, a couple of the people from Murfreesboro ended up moving to Murfreesboro for college, which is uh, middle. Um, and then and then eventually, uh, that morphed into this band called the Rachel Nevadas. mm and the Rachel Nevadas was when I first started kind of like really touring and understanding what it was, what it meant to put out CDs like mm-hmm. locally and, you know, where are we playing? Why are we playing there? Oh, we need posters. Interesting. Uh-huh, yeah. you know, so you kind of like start to learn how to. The business the, and the yeah, publicity that, and the marketing. Yeah, and, that uh-huh. kind of thing. And then so the Nevadas. And were you educa- interested in that? Because that's what you're doing. That's your field now, right? Yeah, no, it? you know, I've never I've, I've never studied anything that I've wanted to do. I've always found the studying aspect to be just to quench my own personal curiosity right. and fascination on a topic. Well, but, I mean, my interest in marketing and branding and all of that stuff came out of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, like kind of realizing that, you, you know, People, I worked for record labels, and and I actually had the job of publicist in you know advertising stuff at a label, and realized, oh, it's not this evil mind control right. fucking thing. It's communication, just right. like everything else right, is. Absolutely, and it, yeah, yeah. It can be done cool, like music can be, or it can totally. be bullshit, like, <laughs> like music know. can be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the Nevadas was really fun, and um, eventually uh, that you know ended because you know you you can only do it. You know, you can only do it for so long mm-hmm. before it, before that group dynamic wears. Um, right. And so, you know, it's for better or for worse. Some in some situations, you're kind of like, all right, cool, we're done. Or in other situations, you're like, man, I can't believe it went down like this or yeah. whatever. You know, but it's always ended up being positive ultimately mm-hmm. in the end because it always leads. You're to You're a something. good breaker up. Well, it's just that it leads to other things right. that you wouldn't have normally had a chance to explore mm-hmm. before you know and then so after that i started um 
Prevere and the Substitutes, and that was kind that. of that was mm-hmm. kind of like my that I was like, all right, if we're gonna do this, let's do this, let's mm-hmm. do this, fellas, you know. And fortunately, I had some wonderful friends who are still great friends. Uh, they're now three of them are in the band, the Trillions, and Tyler now plays with the Head and the Heart. So you know, we're st- all of us are still playing music. We're all still friends. We're all still cool. But mm-hmm. you know, after I guess we did it for four four and a half years or something like that. Um, you know, it, we did it, and we did our best, and we were totally pumped for everything we did, mm-hmm. and it was just like, all right, cool. Yeah. We're good, right? I, I, you know, you got a lot of bands that stay together for a long time because they become a brand, and they become a business, and they're, they're still right. making money long after they give a fuck about each other or even like each right, other anymore, right. and, and, and this and seems to That's lot. one thing I've always appreciated about, um, like, for example, Charlie from Trillions, mm-hmm. and he you know, played with the Substitutes forever, too. Um one thing that I really appreciate about him is that, like, you know, we don't hang out as often anymore because we're both doing our own things and we're busy and all that. But when we hang out, it's great. It's Charlie. Yeah. I, I know this guy. And, you know, we can have a beer and we can. It's great. And I love him. You know, he's fantastic. And uh, that's that's all of them. You know, they're, they're yeah. all they're all cool dudes. It was it wasn't a. It wasn't one of those things where it was like we can't possibly continue this for another second because we mm-hmm. hate each other so much that we want to die. Like it wasn't like that. It was just. Do you think you managed to stay relatively emotionally detached in your bands and like you're, you can be kind of professional about it? Or do you? I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a bummer when you know when things go haywire, but mm. you have to kind of you know. I mean, I would both. Yeah. You know, and or or processes or mm-hmm. just making sure something happens or. You know, just really, when you really want something to be good, um, you'll put X amount of energy into it. But then when you really want something, when something has to be good, when when to you it's just, this has to happen, right? you might push a little bit more into it, but that might not be a good thing. Because that, you know, nobody wants to be put in that situation with that person. Right. And so I've been that person before, and others have been that person to me before, and, you know, it's part of the part of the ride well how similar to you because they're very similar to me and i'm not as disciplined or as uh practiced a musician as you my bands have been like meeting people to date you know and the music was the sex part of it you know or whatever and and a lot of times these after my first band which was like my first love where i was really into the guys and we were playing music together uh, after that I was in bands cause I couldn't find anybody else, but I really wanted to play music, right. you know? And, and it really, um, it was always kind of really dicey for me. I never really got to the point where like, I could just be like, okay, we're making music. It doesn't really matter if we're getting, you know, how we're getting along sure. or it, it's not codependent, right? Right, right? You know? And, um, you know, and finding, I mean like finding a balance in bands is like finding a balance in relationships with that stuff. Like, you know, I can't be the one calling the shots all the time because you're going to feel stifled and you're yeah. also right. And yeah. You know, I mean, and the thing is you learn from every experience too. So what I did wrong in Murfreesboro, I learned for or from, and then made sure that I didn't do that in the Rachel Nevadas. Uh-huh. And then what I did wrong in the Nevadas, I learned from and didn't do in the substitutes. But you're fairly successful about applying something a previous lesson to a I feel like I mean I don't know if successful is the word but you know I feel like it's just become second nature yeah. you know and with with gold rush what's great is they're first and foremost above anything else they're just exceptional human beings yeah you know uh Teresa actually just texted me asking if I was going to hang out tonight 
then I'm going to say yes because, you know, I love hanging out with her. Yeah. We're a gang. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's a cool thing to, you know, it's great. It's a great feeling to be in a bar with Matt, Greg, mm-hmm. Teresa, and, you know, just being like, wow. It's my band. It's my what posse. Are, what are we doing in New Hope, Pennsylvania yeah. right now? You mm-hmm. know, like, what are we doing in Wellsville, Kansas right now? You know, it's kind of like, what what is going oh, I'm glad you guys are here, you know. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool anchor to keep. Yeah. And um, this is the first time that I've played in a band that has a girl in it. And I guess, I guess, let me rephrase that. W- a woman? W- we have a woman <laughs> in the band. <laughs> Teresa's going to hear this and be like, what's the... <laughs> I'll sh- I got your girl right. This here. is yeah. That's my impression of reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's my. That's my. I, I, all my friends can tell you. I unfortunately have like this one default girl impression. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's not cool. But did, we barely heard it. I think so you want to get into it a little more. We'll, yeah. Well, ask me. The, I'll, the next question you ask, I'll answer it as a girl. Okay. Uh, I'm not really going. Now to. you're you're <laughs> sticking me with having to come up with a question. Yeah. Flows tell so me naturally. about your last period for beer. Uh, <laughs> No, um, so no, but it's cool to hang out with Teresa and Matt um, and Greg because they're just really cool people. But this is the first time I'm playing with a woman in the band, which is great because I can't believe I haven't done that already. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. number one, and number two is this is the first time I'm in a band with a married couple. Ah, yeah, and it's I have to say it's fine. I, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be like a thing. You know, right. it was like, oh, well, but, but John it, and Yoko. It's not. I mean, you right. know, it's great. It's I mean, it, they're they're just two totally individual people that occasionally are together and they have a house together. It sounds very balanced and and like it, it you know, that's a thing that's possible. I I think that rock and roll tends to attract unbalanced imbalanced people to it and you can either get that chaos to hang together. Now, now I know. With that said, <laughs> now with that said, the balance doesn't exist after we're on our second set at Hardywood Brewery when yeah. we've had you know a Too pitcher of beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the balance is all gone. Mm-hmm. Then it turns into just like, what song are we playing next? Let's do this one. No, let's do this. You know, it's like, what are we doing? What's going? You know, then then the uh, then it gets fun. Yeah, I like that. I love that. I love the chaos of the live shows that we do because we're. You know, I feel like we have a pretty good time playing together, and mm-hmm. it's and we're not doing the thing where like we have to get there. with sound check is at four. Duh, 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 we have to do this and then that, and then we do and then blah, and then we're gonna do this album thing, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna do signings here. We're not trying to do all of that. We're just trying to get on stage and have fun. And you, speaking of all of that stuff, like signing and all that, you got you've kind of been doing this concurrently as a paradigm with all of that is shifting, and and like so, do you? How do you do the business of being in a band now? Do you are you on a label or you just you put it out yourself? Like do you? Just um, we put out one thing on um, Mad Dragon Records in Philly. Mm-hmm. So we put out our Settle Down EP that we did um, with Motion City Soundtrack. We did that on the label, and then our most recent album or our debut album, actually, it's our very first album we put out by ourselves. It's called Greatest Hits. Um, right <laughs> <laughs> Humbly titled. Yeah, man. Well, I, we that's the point of it, though, sure. was to kind of be like, hey, it's our first album. It was recorded. Yeah. It took us two and a half years to record because, you know, recording's expensive. And if you want to do it right, you have to put in some time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it took us two and a half years to record. Wow. And it's in recorded in Philly, in a couple of different places in Richmond. It's kind of scattered. It's all over mm-hmm. the place. But 
we really think it's a fun collection of songs, but you know, it's not a. It's nothing wrong with a little tongue-in-cheek uh, hyperbole. Yeah. So, so at that point, yeah, right. it, you know, what the funny thing is when I told someone that um, they were like, they were like, "Don't you think people are gonna like think that's like a really cocky album cover?" And mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, that's the, kind of the the point. point. This is yeah. like we right. as well, right? Right. <laughs> we may as well put out our greatest hits now." <laughs> Yeah. Ex- As our first album. <laughs> and it, these are the greatest hits that we could come up with. Yeah, these right are all now. the greatest hits we have this, as yeah. of now. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and I, the thing is really is that seems to me like uh, the perme- the things that are possible now, the amount of people you can reach without really having to expend a lot of resources oh, yeah. and the kind of stuff you could put together, that the one thing that really would distinguish you is instead of completely manipulating the image based on old ways of doing things you really were yourself and you really to yeah. the degree that you can be a hundred percent everything that goes to make you and everybody else because that's really your edge well i think we were it's, saying you know, that the beatles a, had a pretty good personality you know and yeah. so the goal is to kind of like when you're writing music like put a little bit of your personality into it you know yeah. and most most bands do that and especially around here most bands do it really well yeah, this is we're at personality plus USA, over and I here. think I think there's a lot more. There's getting to be a lot more security and confidence in doing that. That this isn't yeah. a bush league yeah. version of it. It's just its own thing. Yeah, let's just know? do it. Yeah, yeah, just be yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's. I was thinking this about the Beatles not that long ago. Though you like me, grew up you know knowing that Sgt. Pepper's goes together like this. Yeah. That there's going to be when I'm 64, and then there's going to be Sgt. Pepper's. You know, with the big ass guitar riff coming yeah. out of it, and. And then there's going to be something that's got a sitar in it, and and everybody's playing rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm. Then basically blues, bass, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And Paul McCartney, I guess, goes, "I want to do some of these old, like, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, twenties, like, show, kind of parlor, yeah. show, yes, show tunes or whatever. right, yeah, and folk music, and you know, English folk music, you know, or Irish folk music or whatever. And they didn't come up with something specifically novel it was that they said why don't th- this, yeah, does why this go together we put we this, could, yeah exactly yeah. yeah why can't this merge with that yeah that kind of thing yeah absolutely and so the i mean it seems to me that like really that is folks often say that you know nothing's new it's all been done but like one of my favorite musicians said, it's not been done by me yeah. <laughs> only <laughs> And that infinitesimal bit of variety, you know, just that little, that's the chaos, you know, that's the butterfly flapping its wings. It creates the tsunami. So you really have to just, you know. That's your occasional Kurt Cobain or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. your your little variants. It's it's in really aping what you think is a genre or a style or whatever. Yeah. That's really where the banality yeah. And, the, and <laughs> yeah. it's been done. Yeah, you're doing it exactly like it's already been done. Even with your little bit of if that's really what you're you're subduing who you are right. and trying to be somebody else. Yeah. That's not going to work. No. You know. No, you got to you got to first Yeah, cuz if you're not yourself, then how are you going to possibly How do you keep that up? Well, how do you possibly convince someone that there's some sincerity in this. It used to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. It was very easy because nobody had any other way of seeing around the right. the uh, facade. Right. You know, but, but now, now there's so many apertures. But now it's <laughs> yeah. But now it's internet, man. Yeah. Now it's all you know personality.com. That's what I think is really interesting about because of this paradigm shift. You know, and since you work in in marketing and, and branding, like really integrity has to be. At the heart, you have to actually be what you say you, you know, are going to be. Yeah. People can figure out that you're not quickly. You know, it's it's yeah. funny you mentioned that. I actually recently met with somebody who wanted to talk to me about how to move their product like very quickly mm-hmm. and into get it get it to go viral and all that stuff. 
and um you know and and they pitched me their proposal right and it's funny how the it's always the simplest answer that makes the best sense right you know and the, it's the simplest answer is um if you're if what you're putting out there is great then that's all right right that's all right but if you're putting out something that's sensational then that's going to get a little more attention, mm-hmm. you know. So it really does boil down to what you are putting out. What are there. you selling? Yeah, what is it? Right? Yeah, what are you putting out there? Yeah. Don't 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 worry about how we're going to sell it. Just first craft the thing, because mm-hmm. if it's a, you know, if it's a good thing, it'll it'll work. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, it, it it'll come. Yeah, right. absolutely. And the best things don't need market, or like the most obvious duh things, they don't even need a lot of marketing, no. right? Like you are at some point in your life going to probably buy a thing of peanut butter at mm-hmm. some point, right? Um, but it's not going to take an ad to get you to buy it because you're just going to be like, "Oh yeah, I need this." Right. This is this is you know because it's that product. It serves mm-hmm. that purpose in your life. So you're going to make that decision based on lots of other factors, but some of it's familiarity. Peanut butter is a weird one because like I go Jif. Because I saw fucking Jif in the cabinet when I was a kid, you know. Right. When I get Peter Pan, it's just just not right seeing work. that in my cabinet. See, I, it doesn't belong there. See, you know? I've I've gotten into that thing now where I'm trying to eat the like boring foods, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that are like this tastes like nothing mm-hmm. and costs eight dollars more. Please. <laughs> um, like you know the really like organic peanut butters and uh-huh. stuff, you know. Yes, it, and it's always one of those things where I no eat salt, no no added nothing, sugar, nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I've and I've actually grown to love them. Mm-hmm. You know, I really have, and I've now grown to kind of try different examples of them. Mm-hmm. You know, or different uh, brands and such. But occasionally, when I do go over to like my parents' house or something, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to make a peanut butter sandwich, and I pop open the Peter Pan or the Jif or whatever, and um, I put it on the bread and I eat it. I'm always like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" Yeah. <laughs> this has been perfectly engineered to get yeah, my this, yeah, me off. I can understand yeah. why this is the greatest thing that's ever existed because mm-hmm. it just tastes amazing. They yeah. had this, the scientists were standing around in lab coats figuring out how to get the best. They possible. had half yeah. the planet scientists working on GIF. They were mm-hmm. like, "Guys, we got to get this right because humanity's <laughs> like because humanity can get one thing right." Mm-hmm. one thing right we can try to do peanut a lot of could, things if, it, if that's the only but thing we get right that's, <laughs> that's all right with me i love it i love peanut butter but i went the other direction with food this past summer i decided i was going to eat the worst cheap shit yes. that you could buy at fucking food lion so good because i was going on like just supporting myself on the podcast and even have a job sure. and i was buying those goddamn totino's pizzas yeah, and yeah, yeah. i was buying like the cheap ham that's like the boiled square pressed ham right like the dollar like white right. bread all of that shit and you know what it's true what they say about that stuff you will pack on the yeah pounds eating that cheap like yeah it's just all it's like empty. fucking bullshit yeah like it's all empty, empty calories yeah absolutely and, and not moving around too much well i could talk to you for a long time but i gotta piss and uh, this seems <laughs> like as good a place as any uh, to uh, end it, but um, really, thank you for coming out. Hey, thanks, man. man. It's kind this of a, awesome. it was a long trek, dude. No, it's great. I had a blast. And so, what exactly? What time do your things come on in the morning? That is uh, the morning, eight, right? Yeah, it's eight forty nine. Eight forty nine a.m. Okay. on Wednesdays. And the next, uh, and the Gold Rush record, greatest hits, is available. Steady Sounds, places like that. Uh, yeah, it's available on iTunes and uh, our website and 
you know, I think it's at a couple of places around town. Does it it exists on vinyl? No, not on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's a disc. Okay. So mm-hmm. we should have digital only. We'll uh we'll eventually, you know, when when the disc goes platinum, we'll put out the vinyl. When the greatest hits goes platinum. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Or you get a good deal or or when your other ventures uh generate the resources. Yeah, yeah. right? Oof. I if, like that idea. If man. only, man. Yeah, I've got I've got some uh, I've got some crazy little projects on, some irons in the fire in the works right now yeah I mean for me like I went back to work so I could do this and not be like worried about it making money sure. and then it's like that's gonna actually give me the money to buy a better of course. computer oh, that freeze up and shit absolutely there's nothing wrong with that model no, keep man. the goddamn day job this is the free that's the freedom from the day job yeah, and absolutely. the day job is the security absolutely you know? man. <laughs> absolutely alright man thanks cool dude bye that's right man it's a new paradigm. You keep your day job and make sure your day job is cool. And you do your band, you do your art, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, not everybody can just make it their full-time gig. And I know that doing the podcast makes my job have a whole new dimension, different facet. Makes it a lot more uh, bearable. It's the foundation. It's the way that I basically support this. That doesn't let you motherfuckers off the hook, though. Because you've been listening for a while. You're really nice. You kick in a little bit of do-re-mi, you know? I could use it because I don't get paid a lot in my job. And they fucking work my ass. And they they work six days in a row this week. And uh, I would love to see a show of your support appreciation in the form of a paypal donation on my page where you see the donate button you press the donate button and that's just like using your credit card for everything else that you use your credit card for online if you're listening to this you're clearly savvy enough to do that you figured this shit out crack this code so uh hook it up i hope i didn't sound too serious at the beginning but it's serious business, you know, but it's also it's happy business, it's joyful business, happy, joyous, and free. That's what we, that's what we say. And I'm about as close as that as I can get right now. But I am kind of tired. It's late at night. I usually don't record these so late at night. And I my coffee is far behind me, and uh, I've had I've done yoga and eaten dinner, so I'm chilling. I must say, I, I'm i a fan of Mark Marin, and I was very sad to hear that he broke up with his fiancée, Jessica. I hope that motherfucker can find some peace one of these days. Poor Mark. Namaste, Mark.